How's everybody doing? I am doing quite nice, uh, although overslept, like a like a bear awoken from his hibernation. <laughs> like a bear with his pants down. The bear with his well, my pants were up because it was hibernation time. So I so you you were so my butt was naked. plugged. So my my butt was nice and plugged up. <laughs> I want to so I want to clarify one thing. You sleep with your pants on. You sleep well, with your butt plug in. I'm trying to. <laughs> Try to I'm trying to keep the I'm trying to keep the analogy scientifically accurate. <laughs> yeah, okay. For, for a bear to hibernate, my butt must be my butt must be able to to hold in the poops do, for the long term. Historically, <laughs> plug plug up. Yeah, I've got to pack it with mud and grass until <laughs> not <laughs> until not a drip not a driplet of Ronald's weak <laughs> Ronald's watery delight, his sweet delicious comes. <laughs> I'm trickling from my... Don't say anything. Don't say it now. You can't finish that. I think comes trickling from my is going to lead right into the theme song and we're going to just go to the episode. Let me tell you about my family. I sell propane and propane accessories. Good morning, everybody. It is Saturday morning, Tuesdays. I'm Austin. And I'm Rory. And I am Andrew. And holy shit, you guys, there's one place you can go. You know where that place you have to go is? Go to iTunes and rate us five stars, because this is the episode (laughs) where we are promoting all of the places where you can go. You can go to our social media on Twitter. You can go to Facebook. Uh, You can, again, you can leave a rating on Facebook. We're shilling uh, out our, for all those big iTunes bucks, so please help, this is help, us. Your, help your friends out. Help your this friends get paid. This is a very paid. big, important episode where we are promoting social at the front of the episode, and in every like second we have uh, any chance, anytime we're not talking about <laughs> yeah, cartoons, we are talking it. about uh, how much you haven't gone to iTunes yet to I give us seen a any five star rating out of five bones ratings on Bone Tunes yet. So, <laughs> like you, and we did really talk about that your... at the end of last episode, which you had to have listened to all the way through. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I know that every single one of you does not skip a single part of these episodes. We do this for you, and we know that you respect. And that. you pay us back by listening earnestly to our. Do you think we want to do this? We don't want to do what we're doing, but all of you want us to do it. And you're sitting around. You're saying, "Hey, you know, give us this podcast." And- <laughs> And make sure that you're putting it on iTunes so that we can rate it five stars. <laughs> and does it happen? Not enough. <laughs> Cracking that cat of nine tails over our backs. You know, this is what we this is what we do for you. You better you better show some appreciation. And appreciate it with five stars. You're so rude to us. This is becoming very confrontational. And what we want to do for people that are super rude to us is make them do labor. Uh, for us, which is going yeah. to iTunes and rating us five <laughs> stars. Now, okay, so okay, okay. So if they want to go and leave a beautiful rating for us on any of the various places, or follow us on our social, or visit our website, or any of those other things that you just mentioned that I re-mentioned yeah. just now, if they want to do any of those things, they should probably know a little bit about you know if maybe they've never listened to us before, they should probably know what the hell we're doing in this podcast. I don't think that's necessary. I think <laughs> they've already kind of gotten everything they need to know. Um, so far about our show and everything that we do. And first listeners are just, wow, this show's pretty meta. <laughs> or like, wow, these guys are 
ungrateful fucks. <laughs> They're pretty ungrateful for all for the ten for the seven minutes I've already given them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no. We we got to tell we got to tell the people we got to tell the people all about the fact that this is part eight of our Skyhunts arc. It's a cartoon we're, show. We're doing cartoons. We're animated podcast about real cartoons, and we're in the middle of a Skyhunks explosive explodapalooza. It's you know what you can take with that Skyhunks airplane you're flying, fly it right into <laughs> iTunes and put five stars, pilot stars uh, in there. Skyhunks is this tracking um, as a good yeah it's bridge tracking. to that. Okay, great. Um, you know, we really got to promote this. Uh, I think the more times we say it, the more it's really just gonna, gonna happen. Plant itself right in your in your bones. Yeah. Um, oh like yeah. Television's more... bones. Which <laughs> television? Yeah. Go watch our episode of Bones. <laughs> no, we're watching two cartoons. We are watching two cartoons. The first one that we're gonna watch today is episode three of a real stinker called Ring Raiders, uh, that we've committed to watching all of. And we then, adore Ring Raiders. By the it's way. true. I don't want to misrepresent <laughs> our feelings. We do adore this wonderful turd. And then we are also watching episode uh, what is it? Ten today of Robotech. Yeah, episode uh, X. Episode X. Robotech X. And so those are the two that we watched today, and we're going to be discussing them. This is what we do. We're a comedy discussion podcast. I think is how I would describe us. Uh, yeah, you can use those for keywords. When you tell all your friends about us and uh, spread that word of mouth on iTunes with those good ratings. I, yeah. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Let's iTunes right in. I don't I, I actually think we need to talk about this. Um, this is this is becoming a, a, a bit that that pretty much only you do. And it makes me mad every time. Um, is this is this is this going to. I'm sorry for all the listeners. Is this is just a little bit of shop talk. I, I actually no, no, want... it's, they're listening to me get in trouble right now. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want a mediated conflict resolution here because we can't just blank right on in every goddamn episode from now. Let's until blank the end of time. right on in. No, no. <laughs> Cue no. the music. Stop this music. <laughs> Turn this music down. God damn it. <laughs> Guys, you guys, your your you your 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 fingers are probably a little sore from writing your writing your long <laughs> iTunes review, but we're back, we're back, and we're back talking about cartoons again. We're so grateful for for the for the thoughtful response you gave to us, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna be talking about episode three of Ring Raiders, Scorch's Revenge. So this is the one where the bad guy, of the show who always does bad things, really you get. He comes back. He does the. He does does it the worst this time. He gets his revenge this time, you guys. Because in this episode, we learned that Scorch's real name is Stanley Smith. That's right. He's been outed as a Dorcas, and now he's 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 looking he's looking for a little comeuppance, a little recompense for our guy Stanley. He attended the Top Flight Academy. That's uh, the name, not you know, just the best yeah. one. It's a place called the <laughs> Top Flight Academy. <laughs> That's on par with the kind of specificity we get with this show. With Victor Vector, the man made out of straight lines, and his face, be- <laughs> his face became scarred as the result of a challenge with Victor to see who was the better pilot. You know what's funny about Victor Vector is is that he's got two V's in his name, and his, his name is about 
like drawing drawing shapes like V's with lines. <laughs> Uh-huh. I think that's, yeah, I think that's pretty I, I, good. I like that too. That's pretty funny. It's a good thing vectors aren't called me- aren't called like plectors. So this would this would have been this would have been a big. You couldn't have been a plector plector. It wouldn't have been quite as <laughs> the, the joke wouldn't have been would quite have as tried. funny. <laughs> Seeking revenge. Scorch kidnaps Jenny Gale, the Lady of the Wind, and challenge and challenges Line Boy to a one-on-one fight. If Vector loses, Jenny will be sent to the Jurassic period, the age of the dinosaurs. Which, again, is is I think a f- giving more specificity than we actually did get. In she's the gonna show. go. She's gonna go to the set of TV's dinosaurs. Where she's <laughs> going. The time of the dinosaurs. I guess was three thirty. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's the real punishment. It's not that she's gonna get eaten by dinosaurs. It's that she's gonna have to spend time with little baby Sinclair. And oh uh, boy, nobody. Yeah, nobody he's gonna wants say that. not the mama. That's <sighs> what he says. Um, I so I've got I've got things for this this episode right off. The oh, bat. thank God! Yeah, because we actually have to discuss this show as a part of this podcast. So I'm so happy you have things. Yeah. Oh my God! I have so much to say about this episode. Um, <laughs> this episode is where I really fell in love with this show. Um, I agree. I I think you know this is our third episode. This is third times the charm. And it has charmed me thrice. <laughs> um, the third goof was the goofiest. <laughs> yeah, and just yeah, I, I love these 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 remarkable turds we keep finding. <laughs> um, and it really is remarkable. We begin, and we're we're with our supposedly who our main character is, I guess, uh, whose name is Cub Jones, and he's flying, and he's so bored because nothing's happening oh i'm sorry is like screaming through the sky in a hypersonic <laughs> jet boring to you cub <laughs> i'm sorry you grew up you grew up like on a on a on a crop farm yeah in, in the 30s yeah he grew up but yeah he it was before the time of social media he, people weren't bored back then you're fucking blasting through the heavens you're scratching the face <laughs> of god himself in this incredible future ship and you're like Oh, jeez. 100% boring. Come on, Cub. <laughs> Come on, Cub. Uh, and we get kind of technically for this in this episode officially meet a character named Joe Thundercloud, uh, who is sort of the he's a Native American pilot. We don't really get to see him do too much in this episode, but uh, he seems like a bro. We like him. He's a nice guy. And him and him and Cub have a nice relationship, from what we can see. A very yeah. small amount that we can see. There's, there's <laughs> I didn't even notice he was in this episode, and I, I thought I was paying attention to this. We can't, episode. we can't just go full diversity right away. We've got to, we've got to warm up our precious '80s white children. Uh, right. Just, so, so just what? A episode kiss of a, a kiss of a man <laughs> with a little melanin, just a little whisper of it. So the next episode, they're not surprised when he when he comes back. Well, I'm excited for next episode then, because in episode one, we didn't really get any of it. Episode two, we were introduced to the woman and we had to be convinced that the woman was a good pilot. And right. Now, on the, on the now, total pull of what white children can can handle. Women are above yeah. brown people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what Cub is Cub is out there doing is I guess they're just looking for dudes. Um, <laughs> both both of these teams can jump to any point in time as far as we know. Yeah. Uh, the future, the past, and and all we get so far are just these like completely drab landscapes that 
we have no yeah. context for. We don't know when they're at or where yeah, they're, they're just, at. Just like bland. Yeah, they're just like they're, I guess, in some sort of uninhabited part of the Grand Canyon most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and, and I don't know. In the 90s, it's like where, maybe. All, where all Dragon Ball Z fights take place. Yeah. Just like. Yeah. <laughs> and And it's not like they don't really start the episode as far as I'm aware of like, okay, we think Scorch is going to. You know, th- blow up the Mall of America in 19, 1986 or whatever. Like, look out for him. They're just yeah. kind of hanging out in the sky at any point in existence, hoping <laughs> that these other like six planes will show up. And I don't know. I don't know whether or not the original concept of this show had time travel or if that was like a studio note that was like, we need to zazz it up because this episode Time travel is only used as a as a threat for a punishment at the end. This is just a plane show. Yeah, like, yeah. Like we're really not doing any time travel. And in even fact, their future their future planes are pretty reminiscent of what planes could be in the eighties. They're not really uh-huh. too much different. Yeah, there's yeah. no teleporting. Apparently, planes. they're still pretty boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not just to us. Yeah. Um. So he does find people. He finds hubbub on his <sighs> mission. And Hubbub is jamming their radar to the max. To the max. To the max. This fucker is just, every time he speaks, I feel like my eardrums get a little more corroded. Like I'm going to go deaf. It's just so awful. It's, and it's yet, most like, heinous. It's like, it's like meth, though. Like it's ruining me, but I need more. Like oh. every time, every time that we see Hubbub in this episode, it is just such a treat. <laughs> because he, he gets shot down early in this episode, right? So like uh they they well not early, but like when when the big fight actually breaks out, uh he gets shot down first and he he ends up in this like emergency raft just floating and he's just listening to tunes down there. He's like, "Well, he's listening to teen music." <laughs> my ship's shot down. I'm clearly of no use to anyone, so at least I'm just going to get a, a relaxing float out of this. Yeah. <laughs> non-threatening guitar music it's so good and then like the other bad guys end up getting shot down and they end up down there with him and he's like hey come on and join in on the <laughs> sweet cruise the luxury <laughs> yacht <laughs> chill out man enjoy the scenic cruise like i love hubbub he's yeah, he's uh, everything that's oh, wrong boy. with old cartoons and yet i really love him yeah, uh-huh. but it's like if they show why they they show why they tried to band it. They, they put the same band aid on every crappy cartoon because this this mm-hmm. is a good band aid. He just doesn't it doesn't. <laughs> it's a good band aid, but he does not make the, he does not save a show. Hubbub no. is what a a fifty year old uh, like war vet writer who loves planes their idea of what a teen what a teen is like. <laughs> yeah, that's that's hubbub. <laughs> um. So. What the, the, the thing that frustrates me most about this episode's setup is that so Cub gets shot down. Yeah. Uh, and when he gets shot down, this is a gambit from Scorch. So Cub gets shot down. And as they have predicted, they send out Nightingale. So they send out Jenny in her med- medical helicopter jet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes after <laughs> the find Cub. And then once she goes to Cub, then they shoot Jenny's helicopter and then they kidnap Jenny. Yes. <laughs> they couldn't just kidnap Cub. 
they they knew that the the most valuable prize is a woman. The great that's trophies. What, the goodest that trophies. is what's happening. So they went through all this hassle last episode to be to prove how not sexist they are by showing the value of this female character. Um, because I guess she has a, a good backstory. Yeah. And then immediately damsel her and objectify her, like very specific language here, <laughs> where Scorch has Jenny damseled and he says not only does he say, I have something of yours, but he, yeah. he's like, Jenny is the prize. Like, good God, man. You, She's you just, the prize. Oh, it's it's so bad. Especially, I mean, look, I'm not going to forgive this kind of stuff in general, but like in, in a regular context, like, God, yeah, that was some shitty language. But just an episode after. Yep. They're them going out of their way. To, yeah, there are times to, when it feels like a byproduct of the times and times it feels like they've done a little bit extra. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Completely just totally blind to what they just did last episode. So, yeah, yeah, that was that was really rough to deal with. So. So, yeah, so Cub is now back safe. So I guess he can fly the plane while while Jenny is uh, threatened uh, right. with with time crime. <laughs> and. Yeah, because uh, the, which is a the, very the good thread. movie, by the way. If anybody has thinks about well, has a has a Saturday night has a Saturday night freak coming up, and you want to watch <laughs> to watch Time Crimes? Time Crimes is it's very good. Yeah, yeah, it's a great movie. It's All Spanish. Right. Ooh, okay. See, I was wondering whether or not this was a bit, but it turns out this is a real. No, it's movie not a bit. It's a great it. movie. It's a it's a very, it's a very good movie. That's exciting. Uh, I mean, Rory Rory's movie recommendations are are always good. I, 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 you know, say what you will about our disgusting friend Rory Voy, but, <laughs> you know, that monster really knows his movies. <laughs> I watch those movies from the, from the funny if countries. If you like those movies, you can rate them five stars on <laughs> iTunes uh, just after you've rated our uh, podcast five stars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. While you're there, you know, you'd kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, and pick up Time Crimes for four ninety nine. Um <laughs> So Victor Victor Vector is completely his neck becomes fully engorged from this kidnapping. <laughs> um, his, his face fills the whole screen. Yeah. It's it's he's just he's he is a living monument at this moment. He is yeah. a man made of rock. I I don't know how you can like if you've ever watched the Venture Brothers like or or anything that parodies like old uh like uh Johnny Quest or any of that stuff like the way they draw those like strong man characters like it feels like it feels like they lifted it right from this like it's almost a parody of what it's doing he's it's become so hunked good. out <laughs> he's a double hunk <laughs> yeah he's the incredible hunk uh so this is when we kind of get into the meat of the episode which is where we get a flashback from Victor and Stanley Smith, Scorch, their history at <laughs> Top Flight Academy. <laughs> yeah, and we learn we learn here that uh, the the name Scorch actually has two meanings. It is a double entendre, but not in the sexy way, uh, because he originally was called Scorcher because of how scorching fast he is in his plane. But then he literally is like his face is burnt to shit, so he is scorched. Uh, and I I don't you know. I don't necessarily love the how fast he is scorch meaning, but I like that they had, you know, there is like a bit of a reveal about his name. Like, that's kind of, yeah, it's kind of fun. 
uh, and we get to see that they were they were you know top guns together, and they were like fully tied on all their scores in the academy. And so, I don't know, like, there's something sort of inherent. There's just something super silly about like bad guys with with cute nicknames, though, because <laughs> you just have to, you have you have to think about how it's like. Okay, so you know, you've got he's a criminal over there. You know how I go really fast, but also, <laughs> you know, I go really fast, but also my face is like this. <laughs> what if my nickname was Scorch now because it's like Scorch fast, but also ooh, this face? Can I call you Stanley? No, no. <laughs> you think somebody? You think sometimes those those villains with with code names? You think like maybe one of their cronies kind of like knows them a little better than the others, and he's like. Yes, call me Scorch. And the guy turns around. And he's like, "Your name's fucking Stanley, dude. Like, <laughs> come on, you're not you're not fooling anybody. Your name's on the Stanley. Rough days, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was what was that? Do you remember in Silverhawks? There, there's a nickname that Munstar tried to get going. Uh, like pl- pl- planet eater oh, Munstar, plan- like Planet Master, Planet Master. Yes, <laughs> yes call me the Planet Master. Like, yeah, that off. lasted for like two episodes, I think. <laughs> Come on, Munstar. Go through phases. That's hard enough for us to swallow. Like your name's Don. Your name's already a nickname. (laughs) (laughs) No, Uh, I'm gonna be playing master now. (laughs) (laughs) So I think the biggest takeaway from this whole flashback is that Vic, or not Victor, but the biggest takeaway from this whole flashback is that Stanley Scorch Smith always sucked. Yeah. He, yeah, he always that, sucked. He we don't get a asshole. slow Walter White transformation. <laughs> he was just a piece of shit. Yeah. That's it. That's end of story. He just, yeah, well, yes, I served with him. He was a piece of shit. And also, the other big takeaway from the flashback is that Roger Bumpus doing younger Scorch voice is just Squidward. <laughs> it's just it's just him doing his Squidward voice, and that was so distracting for the whole time. It's like, oh no, I'm in a plane. I'm coming down, SpongeBob. You're like, okay. I don't think that was that's it wasn't quite that's not quite as bad as Homer Simpson appearing in an episode of of Hey Arnold. <laughs> You're not okay. Okay, sure. that's fair. I mean, Dan Castellaneta has has a very very specific thing going on. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's funny. It's funny when you suddenly hear someone's character like that they're way more known for just sort of slip out when they're doing earlier work, and you definitely can hear the Squidward in this. Vector, my electronics are out. I can't tell where I am. And if I had real missiles, you'd be a dead duck. I win. So Stanley and Victor, they go out on this unsanctioned flight challenge, and. I guess the mission is to see who who can get the other one with fake missiles. Yeah. Um, and let's be clear, both of them agreeing to do this is hugely like against not, every rule. Against very much every rule. And they are both <laughs> they're both culpable for kind of whatever happens here. Mm-hmm. You know? They they've they've gone past the pale here and they've both fucked up by by taking their ships out and doing this this test flight. And in doing this, uh, one, you know, we see that Stanley lies about saying that his, his communications are failing and, you know, takes he wins and he wants to convince Victor that he won and just as being a real dick dick about it. And 
at that point, I think he gets really close to Victor and it hits their ships and, and they both take some damage. And then yeah. it, he suddenly turns now from, hey, I won to, oh, Victor's going to go tell on me. I'd better kill him. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty quick pivot. <laughs> we, we learn the true colors. This like, you know, early 20 something pilot is uh is he's he's got a taste for for blood and he does not right. care okay but but when it, the 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 story stops briefly there so uh victor does do kind of a cool move where he's like his engines are failing and he's about to crash into the flight school and he does a last second pull up with his engines and it was kind of cool looking yeah but as soon as that happens we cut back out to regular time and we <laughs> see cub just going wow what a story. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not, I'm not done. <laughs> yeah. It's not over. Also, he was not, he was definitely not going to crash into the flight school. It was like an elementary school. Those were like eight year old kids running oh, away. Okay. It makes well, it even worse. It it's was like school. Yeah. It was, it was going to be bad. It's like comically silly. Well, and Victor's like, I'm going to report you for this whole incident. Like you fucked up too, Vic. <laughs> buddy, buddy, you're, you're not. You're not looking so great here either. But yeah, I mean, the rest of the flashback has they they do a little bit more cat and mouse. Uh, Scorch's ship is a little damaged uh, more than he thinks, and he can't turn as well. And so they they you know he's following Victor, and Victor does a maneuver that he can't follow correctly, and he crashes straight into a a, a cliff, and he gets really burnt, and then he gets expelled from the academy, and Vic just gets a bad write up. It's just, I don't know. He's barely even suspended. But the then, in modern time, we get to we see a taste of what Scorch's real plan is. And he wants to challenge Victor again. And if he declines, or if he loses, then he will send Jenny back to the time of the dinosaurs. And he <laughs> Which says, they say you'll multiple be, times. <laughs> they say, you'll be playing footsie with the dinosaurs. It's an odd line. Although I suppose in their defense, Andy, of, of the non-specificity, if they're like, well, we're going to send them back to 45 million BC, uh, you know, like, well, we can, they can, the time travelers can go find her. Right. Well, I don't understand like, The why age of the dinosaurs is not specific enough for anybody to ever find Jenny, right? Well, they're gonna, I, the, I guess. She's in time prison. I didn't buy that they wouldn't just be able to go find her. It's like, did you yeah. forget the good guys have time travel machines too? Like, this is right. Yeah, but if they don't tell them when deal. they're going to. I, I, it, it, I guess, I guess, but I think you're you're maybe ascribing more uh, more logistics making, I, than they than they yeah. probably would. <laughs> yeah, because they they have a line like, "Yeah, we're gonna send you back there where where you can't return." Like they, yeah, but they could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not like the time of the dinosaurs is off limits for some sort of <laughs> legal reason. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and the the whole episode uh, culminates in this big fight. Uh. They figure out a way around like the radar jamming and uh, Cub and Joe realize that uh, that Victor is going to get ganged up on in a three on one fight instead of a one on one. So they go join and like it's like Mako and Hubbub against Cub and Joe and there's some good fighting. Um, the moral of this episode and of the other episode we are about to talk about with Robotech is that I guess orders that you're assigned to follow just mean nothing. And you can kind of just do whatever you want if you're a hotshot pilot. Just do whatever. It doesn't matter. It's the military, whatever. Just do whatever you feel like. Save your commander, yeah. whatever. Don't matter, okay. dude. 
Fuck it. Doesn't even matter. Fuck it. No consequences. Do whatever you want. You have an airplane. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So here's here's a couple real quick things that that occur in this fight. One, uh, Mako farts out some chemtrails out of his plane's butt. Um, and I guess that we're supposed to, it's just sort of bad for visibility, but like they make a big deal about how they can control the clouds. They say, use the cloud seeding device to control the clouds. Or like, <laughs> like, great. Yeah. Very poetic. Uh, Hubbub's speakers get blown up and then he ends up on that raft. Like I said earlier, uh, Victor Vector uses his ring, his ring Raider ring. And I guess for it's just what? like, <laughs> like a light or like. We can't I even tell. He just like holds it out of his cockpit. Can you please explain to me what these rings fucking do? <laughs> there was so weird. Because it's he so uses weird. his ring, his ring flashes, and then like nothing happens. Well, it's and almost then, like his ring maybe tells him where the bad guy is, like because he kind of holds it out and then just sort of looks up and sees Scorch and is like, "There he is." <laughs> like, okay. what did the ring find him for you? Like, and we then didn't Jenny see is happen. handcuffed, and she uses her ring to make the handcuffs break. <laughs> they are not handcuffs; they are tech cuffs. Okay, <laughs> which is the laziest world building that we've seen yet. <laughs> it's just like it's just like they're regular handcuffs, but they got some bleep bloops on them, and she calls them tech cuffs. <laughs> but but they I guess come her apart. ring, her yeah. ring, really, really gets them taken care of. What do these rings do? <laughs> Kind of whatever you need, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Not Maybe even. Hers. There's been no, there's been no really, we've had no strong sense that the, the, the chrome top on top of Cuff's <laughs> spider is like better. <laughs> we don't know what it does when he, when he activates his chrome, his chrome well, plane. Well, he's nervous because it causes complete nervous system collapse. If he <laughs> yeah, does it it's a pretty too risky long, move. So he's like fucking terrified to <laughs> use it. But then, yeah, if you get shot down before you use it, then like. Yeah, you kind of have to know that you're going to it's yeah. It, yeah. It's stupid. It's very stupid. Uh just like this I don't plane know. battle. There's there, it's just it's <laughs> there's so there's so much just ridiculousness. I do have to say that this episode had it was the most exciting one yet and it had a lot of plain nonsense that I could actually follow the logic of, which was helpful and different than the first two episodes. Like I actually mm-hmm. felt like I could sort of see the ABC of what was happening in the plane, like in the dog fights. Right. A little better, like follow through. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we get some yahoos and, and some Dude, stupid lines and some, this episode had the best screams. <laughs> I think every villain had a really great scream several times. Yeah! And, and then, on on Jenny's way out when she's escaping and flying her chopper out of the bad guy's giant spaceship, she she manages to like get one last fuck you onto Siren <laughs> and she like she hits Siren with the helicopter. Like that's that's kind of a good that's like a nice bitch slap. Like I think it and it, it is it is uh it's a kind of common, I don't know, through line in shows like this where the 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 two sort of women on each team hate each other. Yeah, yeah. It's true. I mean, I guess I don't know. And I did just use the term bitch slap. I didn't actually mean that to be a gender. No, term. I wasn't it was calling just you out. Like, it's just no, I know you just... weren't. It's just like <laughs> that is now that you bring that to attention. Like it is the two women and they it's do always have to the two women because you can't do it with the other the other diversity hires. You can't just have the two black people <laughs> inexplicably hate each other. <laughs> right. But we accept that women are catty and don't like competition for Victor Vectors. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> for all of his neck meat. 
just well, that there's neck plenty meat. to go around. I will get the choicest cut of his neck meat. <laughs> it was a, ridiculous. I loved yeah. this episode. Yeah, so many great moments. It was a goofy one. So much to unpack. And I think we've done that. <laughs> oh, Rory. Uh, yeah. I think that you are really, really excited for this sponsor that uh, you don't I, have to tell I me wanted... what I'm excited for because I am definitely excited for this one. Good, good. I'm so glad you feel that way because I'd love it if you told us all about secondhand wizard curses. Well, so here's you ever you guys ever have that thing happen where you've got you've got too you've got too many uh, uh, monkey paws and you've got too many glass balls <laughs> and you've got too many wizards wands you've got all the you've got all the accoutrement. Of being a being a sorcerer or a warlock, or I dare I that. even say the big W, wizard. <laughs> also yeah. warlock. Yeah, no, that's not the big W. That's a little W. <laughs> a warlock. Little W. Don't tell the warlocks that. Don't tell you. I I, I tell it right to their face. Guess who's not a wizard? Fucking you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and they, and they turn into a cloud of bats and fly off. <laughs> you've got all you've got all your you've got all your wizard stuff going, and you realize, guys, there's there's no time for clutter in my life. I just watched I just watched Marie Kondo, and this is not bringing me joy. <laughs> so all of this stuff has to go. You guys following? You smell what I'm yeah. stepping in right now? So I you've got it. all your wizard stuff. And you put it mm-hmm. on the lawn. You say, "Here you go, losers." Non-wizards have at it. Pocket change for a fun f- for a fun frog that turns into a it turns into a lamp. It's a frog and a lamp. Ten dollars. <laughs> pay up, pay up, you scumbags. Give me, give me all your, give me all your money for my secondhand wizard stuff. <laughs> so wait a minute, you're selling to people you who know, don't have magic. No, you're berating them to do. You're a wizard, and they they owe you their money because you. You went to wizard school. You went eight years wizard school, and now they have to buy, they have to buy your ceiling fan that's also that can that can sprinkle sawdust uh, on enemies. That's a good ceiling fan. What a, what a fun curse! It's not a curse. I haven't even gotten to the. You haven't even. This is why I don't even like to deal with people who. Can you just listen? Can you just shut up and listen for ten fucking minutes? Yeah, you got it. You got it. Because I'm gonna tell you for ten minutes about why being a wizard is so great. <laughs> Please do. I don't have it in me, but <laughs> <laughs> you've sold all you've Check sold all your mates. wizard junk. Marie Kondo has told you to sell which sell your wizard crap to these losers, and they get home. And what have you done? What have you done, you little scallywag, you little scamp? You've put a curse on all your secondhand wizard stuff that none of it works anymore. It's not magic anymore. It's cursed. Oh, so it's just like a normal ceiling fan. Not even just a normal ceiling fan. It's a normal. It's made out of frogs now. (laughs) That lamp is just is is nothing is is nothing but a but but a but a tower of uh, a tower of uh, a seaweed. It's a seaweed lamp. Deal with it. You just got cursed by secondhand wizard. (laughs) Boom. So you're you're a con man, is what you're saying. No, I'm a wizard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for telling me all about that, Rory. Yeah. See ya. Uh, 
bleep, bleep, boop, 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 boop. I'm a computer man. I'm, I live in the future. I'm in the future. I'm an, I'm an internet child. I'm, I'm in the internet in the future in this sci-fi Robotech world. And oh, you know where I live? I live on the SaturdayMorningTuesdays.com website where That's you can go website. and you can find information about our old episodes. You can see fun little notes that we write. Uh, you can see our pictures if you want to see our pictures. Uh, that's a little spooky. There's one with Austin with a poop emoji hat on. Oh, and no. He... Not that not that dark hat. Not that evil <laughs> hat that he's, that he's donned. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you can be there. You can you can hang out. And then there's links to all the other stuff there, like the like the iTunes link. And, you know, you can go leave us those reviews. And, 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 and you get iTunes? Just... Yeah. yeah, yeah say, you, get... you know what? Andrew, Andrew, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got yeah. a question about iTunes. Say, what if I'm not in the Apple ecosystem of products and I don't wow. have an account with iTunes and well, I can't then, leave a review? Unfortunately, there, there's not too many uh, great options for places to centralize, like centralized places to leave reviews on like the Android marketplace or any of those sorts of things. But you still can find our podcast and subscribe to it on other things like Pocket Casts or Stitcher. Those sorts of places you can find us as well. And uh, so also, I, you know what? I'm going to call bullshit because everybody created an iTunes account at one point. They had an yeah. iTunes at one point, and <laughs> hey, hey, we'll you still use all those it. gift cards you got from aunts and uncles. <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody, everybody got one at least one point. You can go back, log on to Steve's website, and just get um and and give us five stars. Steve's website. <laughs> yeah, Steve Jobs is iTunes.com. Yeah. That's where you do it. Um, this is Robotech. This is the segment where we talk about Robotech. And this is episode 10. It's called Blind Game. Uh, I'm actually not really sure why it's called Blind Game. Yeah, I was, uh, the, the side of specific, I, I kind of spent too much time analyzing what was going on, <laughs> trying to find the, find the title of the episode. It really never paid off. It's only, like, it's only occurring to me. Man, maybe that's why. It's, it's only occurring to me right now that that's a weird title for this episode. But. Yeah. Uh, here, here is our synopsis. Here is our nops. Uh, an unauthorized assault by Chiron on an asteroid damages. It was a planet, though, wasn't it? Yeah, they said planet in the dub. It was very confusing. An unauthorized assault by Chiron on a planet damages the SDF-1's radar systems, forcing Lisa to go on a scout mission with Rick, Max, and Ben protecting protecting her. The Zentradi ambush Lisa and bring her to Breitai's flagship, where the three pilots come face to face with Breitai himself. Fuck yes! This Holy episode moly, was the episode. a slap. This episode was a bang bang. And they spent a lot of time. They spent a lot of time, kind of. I don't want to say building up to it, but I, I, it, it felt like we, it felt like we were getting another kind of bottled episode for the first, maybe not ten minutes, but mm. it seemed, it seemed like we were going to be doing with like we're going to be dealing with city stuff today, right? But we don't. And then it, it definitely explodes into the big, the big uh, space opera drama. And of course, you can tell. I mean, this episode ends on a cliffhanger, so this is definitely this is the three-parter that I wanted us to watch because I thought it would be a fun mm. cap on the end of our time with Robotech. Uh, uh, cut to and short. So yeah, this is this is a this is a three-parter. This is part one, and uh, it's gonna be really fun. Uh, I guess that yeah. explains also why they were able to take the really take their time setting up. Because I was like looking at the synopsis, I was like this. So much of what I watched had nothing to do with the synopsis, but I guess <laughs> yeah. in the context of three episodes, it was fine to kind of yeah, yeah. take the time. Uh, so we start with our three Zentradi doofuses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> our, tri our trio of tall dunguses. And 
they have discovered horniness, I think, since watching yeah. this videotape. <laughs> yeah, they're of... like, <laughs> they've watched the Miss Macross pageant broadcast last episode, and they start, like, they were reporting to Britai and Exidor, and one of them's like, And looking at them just gave me this strange feeling I can't explain. And I'm like, yeah, I bet you perv. <laughs> yeah. Now, something I noticed in this case, uh, seeing them all without suits on, uh, are they designed intentionally to mimic the uh rick's squadron because they all kind of look like each one matches one of the members of rick's three-person team i i'm pretty sure yeah it's a bit of a bit of a little bit of symmetry going on there right like hey look they're people just like us they actually look just like rick and and his other two uh hot races (laughs) oh man max and ben are so great i love i mean i love ben especially he's such a terrible terrible pilot he's such a dangling <laughs> that's the uh, word for it yeah dangling <laughs> the 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 decision is kind of made here that britai and exador the sort these are the sort of leaders of this this whole zentradi effort right now they're great they, names too they are good names uh they want to capture a human alive so that they can do more uh examination because clearly nobody can uh sort of agree on the significance of the Miss Macross broadcast. And so they want more. They want they want to know what the hell is going on. And I love that. I love that they are left scratching their head about just a weird human colloquialism <laughs> that is so benign. I mean, I scratch of... my head about pageants, too. Like, I get right. it, guys. Right. And no, it's just it is both hilarious and fascinating. Uh, this plot point. Yeah. So, no, like. And we're not too worried because they're not going to find anything about, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> our a secret plan to wipe them out. It's just, no, it's just yeah. really fun to watch. But the cool thing that I, I, I actually, I didn't remember this, Rory, but you, you hit the nail on the head when we were talking about this last episode, um, where you were talking about the, like, the security implications of them being able to just tap into our broadcast. Mm-hmm. Earth, Earth feels the same. And they tell yeah. SDF1 that. They're like, hey... <laughs> There's security issues, and we don't think we should be communicating with you because the Zentradi could be listening to any of it. And also, you shouldn't come home because they're following you. Yeah, so that's (laughs) a big thing. And I was starting to wonder, okay, they just got to Mars by episode six or whatever. Episode seven. Yeah, there was in episode seven, there was a a weird line that I just chalked up to to like either dub translating or possibly just um, kind of overly simplifying how things are. But there's a line like, I think from the Nader, like... The the crew of the SDF one are at Mars, farthest away from Earth as ever, and it's like, no, they started at Pluto. They're obviously yeah. <laughs> significantly closer. They're super close now. <laughs> yeah, uh, over the course of just a couple episodes, I think we've made it eighty to ninety percent of the way back. So, uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, so that was an odd goof in the in I don't know either translation or narration, but yeah, regardless, they're they're around Mars right now. Yeah, and they they were they're past that now, and so now yeah, they run the that minefield, really, the asteroid field, I guess, and there was the asteroid I in this just, episode, so we can assume mm-hmm. maybe they're around the belt. Yeah, Let's see that belt. What's that belt true. called? The asteroid belt uh, yeah, in Earth the, and Mars. The belt. Well, that, that's in in the expanse. It's called the belt, but that, that well, it's, a, it's a real thing yeah. and not from the expanse. Right? Austin. No, I, I know <laughs> that. <laughs> Yeah, Mars is now, real too, Austin. It, they didn't invent Mars in the Expanse. That's insane. Um, <laughs> I don't believe it. No, I, I just, um, I was wondering, because I'm looking at all the remaining episodes on Netflix and thinking like, well, 
they're basically at Earth. I mean, where does this where does this go exactly? Where are they mm-hmm. going to go? What's going to happen? And now we kind of know the reason that they're not going home. And it it makes sense. It's, while the SDF-1 is flying around, Earth is not getting attacked. Yeah. And so they're like, hey, you know, look, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And I like I like what that does uh, because it it, it kind of may. It, it, I mean, essentially, it just means that they are bait and they They're have hiding, to deal with that. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they are being left to deal with this entire problem on their own while Earth sort of regroups and figures out what their next move is. Well, yeah, it's like they're ba- they're sometimes they, they, you know, they're, they're bait, but they're also just being hunted. Right. It's like it, it, it's. Yep. I don't know if bait's quite the right word because they uh, there's there's no there's nothing left. They're just there's a thing out there that's just being chased. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's a there's an, a, a kind of important moment, I guess, for this episode where uh, they're out. You know, our our hunk triad of pilots is out doing a space battle, and Ben gets hit and he's leaking fuel and he tries to act like it's no big deal. But Rick radios back and is like, no, 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 our squadron's coming back because Ben is hit. And Lisa says, no, I need you to stay out there. And Rick gets real high and mighty, talks a big game about protecting his men and how she doesn't get it because she's just gambling with their pilots lives from the safety of her desk. And I think that's a pretty shitty way to talk to your superior personally as a, <laughs> as a military show i'll give you i think setting up the fact that she's now going to be you know in their care later is, mm-hmm. is a, it, emotionally it's a cool dynamic right uh-huh. and i love this like character wise and I, I just i love this moment i love everything about it actually yeah. because it shows again we see rick being this anti-typical protagonist this this guy who the stereotypical thing would be is that he's going to learn a lesson about he's going to stay up to the bitter end. Yeah. Right. And he's going to be like, no, it's fine. We're going to, we're going to succeed. And then he'll, you know, learn something by fucking up. But instead he's just pushing from the get go that, you know, we got to come home. Yeah. We got to, we got to go in. This isn't safe. Like people are going to die. And I, this is who I am. You know, like I don't, I don't want to see people die that aren't, you know, and take unnecessary risks in a war. And like, Doing the responsible thing that is kind of the thing that is boring is yeah. <laughs> so like, I love it. I love that. I love that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's super cool. And and they figured out well how to have him. If you're going to be making these sort of quote unquote like boring choices for a story, the only really way to to jazz that up and still make those choices meaningful and interesting is to have them constantly in conflict with everybody else's exactly. intentions. Right. So the Which fact that that Rick, from Lisa. the Rick does kind of prefer safety and prefer, you know, taking your time could you, you know, it could, could you know, in a lesser show kind of stink up the stink up the joint. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, but when when he when his his cautiousness is constantly at odds with everybody else wanting him to go deeper into the, go deeper into the balls of space. <laughs> 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 okay yeah great movie yeah, that as, Mel Brooks movie as they you, say you gotta go deep into the balls you know you for those you for that phrase balls deep they're really talking they're talking about going <laughs> that's going oh. into space going to, <laughs> <what's about? laughs> um hey andy yes. can you explain this whole warning shot strategy and chiron versus uh 
retie. Yeah, it's actually pretty simple from a character perspective. Chiron is just a hothead asshole and he doesn't like following orders and he thinks that any action that's not outright fighting is bullshit. And for the viewers, Chiron is the leader of like the advanced. They're not really scouts, but like kind of the hunting party. Mm-hmm. that's that's hunting the sdf1 they're not they're not a full army they can't really lead a head-to-head assault but they can they can they can attack and you know be a, yeah. be a nuisance and be keep keep track of the sdf and all those things yeah exactly. well and what what did Britai want from the warning shot Britai in there Britai wanted yeah Britai wanted to scare them uh and they had taken you know I, I seeing as we don't get to see Britai's actual plan play out the way he wanted, I don't know what his next step was going to be. Oh, okay. Uh, because the warning shot was not supposed to hit anything, but Chiron disobeys orders and purposefully, uh, with a little plausible deniability, makes it so that he accidentally finger quotes takes out their radar on the SDF one, so they're basically blind. Right. Um, and so in that moment, what happens next, of course, is that they're they're blind. And they don't know where the enemy is. And so uh, Global sends Lisa and Rick's squadron out on a like with like a fancy radar ship to like get some images of where the fuck the enemy is or like what even is going on. And that's when Tide is like, well, now we steal our human and they, <laughs> and they capture that team. Yeah, we should we should take a little a little mini break to cover the uh, Minmay uh, subplot in this episode. Yeah, and Rick's V-neck cardigan that's so so dapper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we see Rick sitting on a park bench at the start, uh, towards the start of the episode. We were we were whoop, whoop, whoop back in going a little mm-hmm. back, right? If I'm yep. getting my chronology of the episode yeah. right, yeah, we're going back a little bit. We start we pretty early. We see Rick sitting on a park bench waiting to meet his meet his main squeeze. Lo and behold, he, she's blown him <laughs> off yet again. Yet again, Ryan, after he got all dressed up and gussied up. <laughs> he did and yeah minmay calls but not before uh he gets rick gets visited on the park bench by three of the ladies from the bridge uh who are used to teasing him relentlessly um and i always <laughs> love seeing it they actually so they they think oh are you on a date oh ooh. and then they ask that question that oh my god has n- no real right answer <laughs> which is is she prettier than us and i to to boy to rick's credit he actually kind of nails it. He navigates he, that well. <laughs> really good save there, Rick. And he says uh, it's not polite to compare. Yeah. And then and like, they, t- they draw the correct implication. They say, oh, I guess she's beautiful then. Oh, she must be really pretty if you won't even say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But boy, that's. But yeah, there's, uh, there's no right answer to that question. But when, right? when Minmay calls him. Uh, there's this really cute little robot that's like the the video phone that's like trying to find him, and it's like Rick Hunter, where's Rick Hunter? And he's like asking everyone in the park if they're Rick Hunter. It's so and, funny sometimes when like so you you I think we're all well I don't want to say it like it's like a common knowledge or shit on anybody who doesn't the the there's the Henry Ford quote about like how if if I had made what people asked for I would have made uh, faster horses. Right, you know, exactly. kind of the, the innovation kind of mm, doesn't look mm-hmm. like what people want before it has come. Mm-hmm. So right. the idea that there's this like basically sentient robot that's kind of a cell phone, like rolling yeah. around looking for him, is so silly. It's such an odd idea of what the future <laughs> will be like. 
Yeah. It's so good Instead because of him it, having it, like a small square. Like they in his can't pocket. imagine a phone that can be in your pocket. It has to be a robot brings it to you. The robot can, <laughs> can freely yeah. move and come find you. <laughs> yeah. And I love there's a there's a touch that they add. I don't know if it's just the dub or not. But there's a touch at the end, like right, like Rick Rick sees it looking for him, and he goes, "I'm over here." And as the robot rolls over to him, it says, "Thank you." <laughs> like like thank you for I've fucking had such a stressful day thank you this this whole embarrassing ordeal of trying to find rick hunter like thank you for putting me out of my misery yeah this sort of <laughs> skype c3po <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um, minmay's blowing him off so that she uh i mean i mean it's not like so a she bad could be reason. blowing up she's yeah, blowing she's, up she is t- she's got singing lesson her singing lesson got moved and apparently she's taking a shit ton of singing lessons because they're, you know, wanting to make her a star. Recording and contract, baby. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Rick didn't really get or listen to what she was saying before because he acts surprised. He says, wait, it sounds like you're making a career out of this thing, Min May. I'm like, yeah, that's literally <laughs> what, what she Macross? told you she wanted out of her life. That's that's what that is, buddy. I don't I don't understand how he could have been confused about that. I mean, I'm not trying to excuse her behavior like as a pattern. Right. But like this shouldn't come as a surprise that when she mi- wins the Miss Macross competition that she's going to be busy. I don't know. Matt Damon had time to has time to date. He's <laughs> And know. he's fucking Matt Damon. He's and Matt that's da- Matt Damon. Fantasy will still fantasy will still have girlfriends and boyfriends. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't think you get that yeah. much. Of, I don't think you get that much of a pass. I know. So at, at that point, they go back to battle, and that's where they mention somehow that a planet was destroyed. Which did I miss? Did they jump somewhere where there are other planets that, or it really yeah. just should have been an asteroid? I think, that, I think yeah, it, it was bad translation. It was an asteroid because they're in our solar system. There aren't planets yeah. we don't know. No, there's about. not just another planet around. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, I just if they had done like a space fold, we're like, oh, we gotta go. All right, cool. We're in limbo now. That would be fun crossover i want to write that fic <laughs> hell yeah uh there, so there's a great moment where they get uh, a coded message to surrender that think it's from earth it's a coded message from earth is that they think and then it's the zentradi it, and right. they mention that they would they would communicate to us in our own language which again they didn't have to add but it's yeah. another bit of detail that you think, oh yeah, right? No, they don't. They they don't speak our language, so they would have had to, you know, they're and, learning more about us. Yeah, and I know that there is a. I, I, this is a very small thing, but I do appreciate it as well that they didn't specifically say, "Wow, they communicated to us in English," because mm-hmm. it leaves a little yeah. bit of room for us to maybe imagine, like we don't know what language they're speaking on the SDF one. Like yeah. that was that was like a team made of like a, it was a multinational endeavor hmm. uh, this doesn't have to be an anglo-centric future right well it isn't it's a japanese show so they're speaking japanese yeah. uh right. maybe uh, i mean well they're definitely speaking, they're definitely speaking japanese. Anime. Uh, <laughs> but uh but you know you can still theater of the mind like what language is supposed to be you know, yeah but i mean some, the main guy's language russian and lin minmay's you know part chinese and I know, but mm. literally they're speaking. Chi- they're literally they're speaking Japanese. That's the language it's recorded in. <laughs> well, that's we didn't, la- we watched the dubs, so they were. Yeah, but that doesn't count. You English. can dub anything over anything. It doesn't mean it's a thing. <laughs> so they order the SDF one to surrender. Is what happens, and yeah. Global is like insulted. He's like, "That's bullshit." 
And so this is when he decides to order Lisa to go on recon and Rick is going to accompany her. And she immediately starts to be like, but Captain... And Global responds, Lisa! That's <laughs> <laughs> great. What so the good. fuck? It's what is so that not delivery? this show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were in a different show there for a second. Lisa! Uh, we were in the Honeymooners. <laughs> you got some explaining to do. <laughs> and so right after that actually was my favorite line was, so uh, Lisa sets out in the cat's eye along with a, a guard of Rick and some other folks. And the cat's eye is this cool little ship that has a giant radar dish on it. Yeah. And it makes such perfect sense that a ship like this would have a, a craft like this, that it would have something like the cat's eye, this like mobile radar thing. You can just see like that existing. It, it's just mm -hmm. such a good world building that, yeah, maybe your comms tower gets fucked. Maybe your radar gets fucked and you have like a little mobile backup ship that, that does like auxiliary radar. Yeah. And it's and awesome. Yeah, hell yeah. That's that's so <laughs> I love that. Um brilliant. And then while they're flying, uh Lisa and Rick have this great exchange. Ironic, isn't it, commander? That I was chosen to fly cover for you? It really is. But I think we can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> Just that smooth Lisa way. Oh my uh, god. It's it's like patronizing, it's catty, it's it's wonderful. I love I love their dynamic. Yeah. And I, I love how it's evolving. Um, <laughs> and so obviously, like th things kind of go wrong. There's some enemies that show up. Uh, there's a bit of conversation about whether or not they need to leave a guard behind to protect Lisa. And she's like, no, I can protect myself. All of you go. I'm giving you a direct order. And I'm like, OK, that's a great fucking idea. Commander Lisa Hayes. Like, that's so stupid. And she <laughs> instantly gets kidnapped the second they're gone. Uh, but you know, it's not like she's in a craft that can really protect itself. Like she's in the radar ship. Like, what are you doing? But either way, uh, they, they get, she gets captured and the other three kind of have to go in after her. They like managed to get into the Zentradi like ship as it's closing. It's like, you know, landing bay that they were like tractor beaming her in, in. And now they're all battleoids. They're all the like walking man mechs. And uh, this last sequence is pretty cool. I, I got so real jazzed. Cool. I got real jazzed about this whole ending. It's awesome. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they're they in close quarters with Zentradi and they're like in inside the ship fighting. And then who shows up? A fucking Britai just like yes. hops out of a uh, hops out of a vent and is like, what's up, bitches? And he like <laughs> they start fighting. And it's uh, so good. It's so good it's, because he, when nobody's seen him face to face yet, like we just see right. Britai in his little command room. And I don't know about you guys, but I easily forget how big the Zentradi are until we see it again. Yeah, because mm -hmm. yeah, when, when, when we're when we're only in their in their part of space, it's they're kind of scaled. Everything is kind right, of it looks human normal, scale. Yeah. They don't. Yeah, they don't. They don't appear huge. Right. And Which makes sense, uh, but I, I don't know. Part of me also thinks that maybe uh, if there were really were giants, things would kind of be reminiscent. Things would just be a little different. There'd be a little yeah. bit of... They had be that to, deep voice. I'm not talking about just their voices. I just meant like in a in a space, in a space during giants, I, I would kind of enjoy seeing the scale of, of what it's like to get giants in space. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. not just kind of defaulting to basically, you know, human ratios on everything. But it's uh -huh. okay. It's okay. Yeah. Just I think for a show, like, a show like Macross, I kind of thought it might. Yeah. 
I think it would be hard to to do in animation as well to like totally. really uh, portray that scale. But I mean, they do a good job in the in these sort of moments, right? So like Brita jumps out, and you're like, oh right, he's as big as their mech, and they just like <laughs> he starts he starts having like a mano a mano like fist fight with Maximilian with our with our boy Max Sterling, and Max gets him into a headlock. And he has Ben blow a hole in the side of the ship, and he flies Britai out into open space. It's so cool. It's such a good move. I don't know if Rick could have done that. Max is really good at playing. Yeah. He's good at he is good at, at plane man. He is Incredibly very good at this. And, and he's not as and he's not as scared about murder. No, he is <laughs> yeah. <not>. murder. <laughs> yeah, Max <laughs> loves murder. Can't get enough of it. Can't get enough of the stuff. <laughs> and so like Rick. <laughs> There's a little cute moment where, like, Rick had picked Lisa up in his hands to, like, protect her. Oh, you know, his big mech hands. And then she's like, uh... (laughs) She's like, Do you think I could get down now? You can admire me later. Oh, uh, yes. There you go. Looks like our group leader gets a little weak in the knees around Commander Hayes. I noticed. Oh, okay. I think Rick Hunter just has weak knees. Uh, this is actually the second time he's... Oh, wait, but one of them was with the Mars one we skipped. There, and that part, he kind of gingerly scoops her up with his hands as well, yeah. with his robot hands. Uh-huh. So this is the second time he's, he's, he's really treated her with quite a bit of care. Yeah. Old sourpuss. Oh, the old sourpuss. <laughs> God. Man, if Ring Raiders had, had done Jenny Gale right in any way similar to the way they do Lisa, it would be a very different show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have saved it. I think it is an interesting comparison, though. I mean, Lisa, Lisa doesn't like I love I love Lisa. There are I love Lisa. I, uh, this, <laughs> Hi, Lisa. <laughs> Lisa, I love you so much. There's there's moments later in the series where I feel like they kind of maybe put Lisa into a more traditional like lady mold of like, oh, uh, you know, bad pining a little bit yeah the show you know, is clearly like, not like totally totally cast aside the shags of sexism right. those those three right. the three ladies asking about how pretty the girl was and then they right. also have a throwaway line about like us single girls just got to keep pushing we just got to keep going got to get our got to <laughs> got to get that i got to lock a ring on something you got to find exactly. the first the first man with a pulse that'll say yes to this <laughs> <laughs> But by and large, I really like it, and I like it's a cut above. It is, it is, it is for sure a cut above. I mean, we're not we're seeing like the beginnings of the romance, right? Yeah. And so, especially what I, seeing when you see Lisa as like a three dimensional character, like her overconfidence or her like pride in in turning away a guard, and you know, in choosing to make these command decisions, mm-hmm. is so much more than just the the sort of generic woman character that is just competent and has no other character traits yeah yeah and i love i love the aspect i mean it's 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 just part of the plot but i love that rick it's so not anime for the hot hunk kid to not go with the young cute model girl and to go with the older more plain girl that is not (laughs) anime It's so nice. It's so nice that he gets with the older woman and finds her more interesting over time. Like, that is such a good, a better, more interesting story than almost any of the anime bullshit that we get these days. Uh, and so I love I love everything about that. And I love what Lisa does in this show. And I'm glad you guys like her, too. You, 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 you. So the, the episode ends on a cliffhanger. Britai is not killed by space. He's just fine. 
and he climbs back into like a duct and that we we ended in like a freeze frame to be continued sort of moment as he drops in from above Rick Hunter with like some kind of giant lead pipe that he's about to brain him. And with. he like crushes his robot head. Yeah. It's a it's a stunning moment. It was I was pumped. I was ready for this. I'm excited to see more. Next next episode has I think I think the there's a moment in next episode that is the moment that I remember the most about Robotech. Cool. I will wow. say. A defining Damn. moment for our boy Andrew Davison. Mm-hmm. So you can look forward to that. All right, you guys, you've 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 heard our our, our we've regaled you with tales of Robotech and 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 I think I think we all know we all know you got to subscribe to our to everywhere that <laughs> you can just go everywhere the show is. You're going to get a list from my good friend Austin about all the places our show is. And just give everywhere a five stars. Just get, take out your yeah. sticker book. And really, I'm expecting you to go to town. Go to town with these stickers. I, I think I need to address another issue. You know, people are going to rate this five stars, right? Because they obviously would because they love it so very much. Yeah, but of course. What what kind of things would they write in their review? Like they could write, you know, really complimentary things about how much how much cute we are. Um, but what they could also <laughs> probably not do is just say, hey, they told us to, to rate five stars. That's, oh, no. yeah. Yeah. You know, we, you don't get credit for that. Right. And uh, iTunes, I think, doesn't like that if, if you're they're going to call the police. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't want the police showing up on your door for bad iTunes crimes. And they will do that. It, Austin's not just blowing smoke. Uh, that that fat vape smoke that we know he's famous for. Yeah. Um, I'm so high on vape. So uh, I hope I hope that maybe you made it through this episode uh, and caught our subliminal messages about how you should go to iTunes and do all those things and that you haven't been completely turned off to our podcast because we are very fun and very funny. We're so funny. You guys. We are cute and funny, and we just need we just deserve five stars so bad. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? We also uh, four stars is probably good, too. It's not as yeah. good as five, quantifiably. It, you know what? But... No, I take a I take a hard <laughs> stand. This is you know everybody out there who thinks they're you know the next the next Doctor Yelp. Like this is you don't ever give four star. If you give four stars to an Uber driver or on a Yelp review, you're a bad person. This is people's jobs and livelihoods. You don't ever have to go back <laughs> if you don't think that the service you got was five stars. But you <laughs> you don't fuck with people's lives. You give them five stars because they're asking for five stars. <laughs> What business do you have? What business do you have scoring people? Just give them the five stars. And if you don't like it, don't listen. It's fine. We're all going to crumble into dust as the cruel hand of time, uh, you know, come, come scoops, us all, scoops us all up in its embrace. So give us five stars. Just fucking do it, you worms. Just do it. Don't, don't be the kind of person who, you know, destroys a taco truck. Because you had to get because you had to dig bust out Yelp and give it a two stars because you ate a bad taco. It's your fault you don't because li- you don't like lengua. If you don't like lengua, you should have not ordered it. Get, the, get your. T- <laughs> you have to take some responsibility for the choices in your life, and giving people two stars is not responsible. They that, that taco truck. They have families. They have livelihoods. <laughs> Little trucks. They got to support. Little trucks. They got to. Other feed with people their own like the tacos. They don't. <laughs> it's fine to read just the not- room read the fucking room <laughs> <laughs> 
Get out of here. Now I'm mad at you, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you listen to our episode, um, but I don't know what we're going to do with yeah, this. Yeah, normally this is the part where we... Uh, I can't even remember what we say at this part. What? Yeah, what is it that we ask people to do when we get to... Is it? Is it just like oh, take Instagram. off your shoes? We just talk about Instagram. It was just Instagram? Because we just really Instagram. post there a lot. I, I have... Uh-huh. I've, I've definitely posted there more than once in the last like three months on our Saturday morning Tuesdays account. More than mm-hmm. once. We post cute selfies of us. Uh, <laughs> our, we post our butts. Yeah, we just show butt. pictures of our whole butts. We could start doing that if you wanted. Start I mean, start showing might our get, whole butts. <laughs> it could get yeah. us the butthole fans. Sundays. <laughs> butthole Sunday. That sounds like a confection. Or uh, a Ooh. Ooh. I, all right, I'm going to promise right now that you will, at one point, you will see someone's entire asshole if you follow us on Instagram. <laughs> oh, Tip to God. toe, you'll see our whole butthole. Not it. Yeah. Well, it's someone's got to volunteer. Be my butt. Here's the fun thing: when the butthole goes up, guess who you think um, whose butthole it is? Because we won't tell you. Oh, that's a fun game. Uh-huh. That, then, is, yeah, that is nice. Send your tweets. Send, send your <laughs> send your guesses to the police. Sorry, no, we bu- can't. We won't. We won't do the butthole thing. It's the police again. <laughs>